porta potty. You ever been locked in a porta potty? No, not, not locked. Fearful thing. <laughs> you ever had, you ain't never had no homeboys try to fuck with you and hold the door shut or tie something around the motherfucker so you can't get out? No. Oh, I... that happened to me once. Nigga, I ain't never prayed so much in my life. Jesus is let me get out of here without any of this blue shit on my white Air Force Ones. Jesus, please. Welcome to King of the House. I'm your host, Rick King. And today we have a very special guest, which is Aaron Cheatham. He is a podcaster as well as also comedian. Thank you so much, Aaron, for joining the podcast today on King of the House. Um, actually, I just wanted to know, are you originally from Austin? No, uh, uh, where I'm originally from is like a long story just because my parents were in the military. Okay. So I was born in D.C., but I, I bounced around. I lived in the Philippines, uh, Mississippi, Georgia, a little bit of Detroit. Uh, then I, but we moved in, uh, to San Antonio in 1995, and I've been in Texas uh, pretty much since 95. Wow, 95. Okay, so you got some San Antonio roots a little bit there. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. How long have you been in Austin? I've been in Austin since 2008. So 13 years now. 13 years. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you kind of like uh, been traveling here and there? Yeah. So like uh, I was in middle school when we moved to, uh, to San Antonio. And I talk about this uh, in my set. So that I, I moved to San Antonio in eighth grade, 1995. And uh, it, it was all new to me. Like nothing, like I had been in the South. I lived in Mississippi, nothing but black people, white people, and some Vietnamese. I lived in Georgia. It's the South. It ain't nothing but black people, white people. Uh, and even, even before then living on military bases, like all I saw was black people, white people, even in, and then, you know, I knew Filipinos and Asians cause we lived in those countries, but, when I moved to San Antonio, I was like, yo, what the fuck is a Mexican? Like, <laughs> this is new, right? Like, so that it was a culture shock to me. And then, like, I moved to San Antonio, like, legit, like, three weeks before Selena died. Oh, wow. So okay. when, when that happened, like, I had no idea why everybody was losing their mind at school the next day. I was like, do, do I need to sign a card? Like, whose class was she in? Like, who the fuck is Selena? Like... <laughs> Yeah, like so, it was a, it was a mad culture shock. Cause I mean, when Selena passed, that hit that hit San Antonio like when Biggie died. Yeah, know, hit that's New York. true. Like, I mean, it was it was a big deal, and I was like, yo, I don't even know what what's happening right now. So like, I was raised in the South South, but I mean, I've been in Texas twenty almost thirty years now. So wow, okay. most of it uh, in San Antonio and and in Austin. I guess Austin the longest now. I've been thirteen years here. I went to college in Fort Worth. Uh, Shout out to Texas Wesleyan University. There we go. Uh, so I mean, I've been I've done the triangle around around Texas, Austin, San Antonio, the Metroplex. Not even the triangle. That's just I've lived all up and down I thirty five. I guess you could say. For sure, man. All right. Well, that's awesome. Uh, you got some Texas roots there. Um, as far as you know, stand up comedy. Could you tell me maybe a little bit about how you got into comedy, or maybe that aha moment that hey, you know what, this is something that I want to pursue. Oh man, I've always been like, uh, I guess most comedians say, but a lot of us say we've always been a funny guy. For me, it started really, really young because, mm -hmm. uh, like my parents split up when I was like 12, but before they split up, um, I used to always tell my dad jokes. I would try to get my dad to laugh uh -huh. and every, I, you know, I'd give, I'd get a joke book and I'd 
come at him with whatever the hottest joke was that I thought in the book. And every time I hit him with something, he was always like, my son, don't quit school because you don't have a career in this. <laughs> like, you ain't funny. So like, it drove me like when I was real little, I'm talking, you know, elementary school. Like I was like, I got to find a way to make this dude laugh. Uh-huh. Right. And it, so that's where it started. Then uh, when my parents split, like, you know, my sense of humor kind of became uh, my escape from the reality that I lived in. For sure. Right. And uh, it just, it was always there, man. It was always there. Uh, and I guess like, I didn't really have an aha moment, but there was just things that were pointing me in that direction. Uh, and I started in 2004, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Uh, 2004 at River Center Comedy Club down in San Antonio. There we go. And I, uh, I, I did it from like 2004 to 2009. And then I took a five-year break. I was out of it because I got a real job. Motherfucker needed a, is it okay that I'm testing? Oh, absolutely. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, so a brother needed some some uh, some stable money, you know, because comedy money kind of iffy. Yeah. So not kind of very iffy. So it was like I needed I needed some stability, and I got like a real job, and I was like, this is gonna be my career and all that. And then I realized like that wasn't me. One, it wasn't me, and two, uh, when I that five year gap that I wasn't doing comedy, like I didn't realize it, but there was a void in me. Uh-huh. Like I wasn't me anymore. I was, I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do, but I wasn't really me. Like I was looking back, I can say like, I was probably dealing with a lot of depression during that time. I was uh-huh. acting all types of ways that looking back in is like, it's real embarrassing to think about how I was behaving in that five year gap. But I was just trying to fill that, that void, that, that performing and, and, and writing and being a comedian, like that void was, was huge and I didn't realize it until I got back on stage in 2014 and and ever since then I was like well I'm never leaving again I'm not gonna I ain't taking a break like that ever again in life for sure I could definitely relate to that when you talked about you know you uh you know working and thinking like hey this is what I'm gonna do and you know then you feeling like hey this is just this is not me at that point I didn't think I didn't think I was gonna get back on stage I didn't know that there was a way to Mm -hmm. because uh, like my phone had stopped ringing, you know, uh-huh. there was when I, when I took the job and I was, you know, I'm a manager, you know, <laughs> Calvin got a job. I'm yeah. a manager. Yeah. And, uh, and people would call like, Hey, we got this gig. Can you come through? Bah, bah, bah. And it's like, uh, I can't, I got to work tonight. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, maybe this weekend or maybe next time. And, and, you know, you answer that way on the phone a couple of times and people word gets around like, Hey, this dude's not really doing it no more. So the phone stopped ringing and nobody was looking for me to perform. So, and it was like maybe once a year, somebody would hit me up, a friend would hit me up to come do something and I'd go slum through a set, you know, but uh, I didn't think I was going to get back. And it just so happened that there was a friend that uh, two things happened. I had a friend who had a bar and they were looking for some entertainment, knew that I did comedy uh, and asked if I could put on a show for them Mm -hmm. for some of their regulars. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to perform because I guess I don't really do that no more. But I, it caused me to, to get back in contact with some people that I hadn't talked to in a while to see if I could book a show. Uh, and I booked a few people. The show went fine. Uh, didn't, and that kind of that was the first little spark, like, yo, I kind of missed this energy, yeah. right? And then uh, Jacob James Garcia, a good friend of mine, uh, he and I started the Black and Tan podcast back in 2014, 2013. Mm-hmm. But before we started the podcast, uh, he's the one that actually got me back on stage because uh, he started doing comedy here in Austin. 
And one day we were at the bar drinking, talking shit. And he just started talking shit about San Antonio comics. Uh-huh. You know, you know, San Antonio comics couldn't come up here and actually do writing. They just got to, he just like, you know, shitting on the San Antonio scene. He's doing it just like poking the bear, you know, yeah. just fucking with me. Yeah. And like, he just kept doing this over like a, a series of like months. He would just, you know, randomly just start talking shit about how Austin comics are better than San Antonio comics. Mm-hmm. And one day I was drunk enough and mad enough. I was like, fuck it. Name a place. I'm on stage. I'll show you what a San Antonio comic does. Yeah. He's like, awesome. I got a, I got a show this weekend. I'll give you 15 minutes. And I was like, fine, I'll be there. And I showed up there and I hadn't performed in five years, but, you know, getting back on stage was like, oh shit, this is me. Like, holy, I haven't felt like this in a long time, you know, I haven't haven't had this. Yeah. And it was like, dude, this is, this is what was missing. Like, like I feel like me again, I'm feeling that feeling again. Uh, and after that, I was like, well, shit, I'm, I know what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to go sit on my hands and, and pretend like this isn't me anymore. This is me. Sure. This is who I am. Uh, like, so, so yeah, that's, that's, that's how I got back into it. Definitely. That's, that's awesome. And I think there's a lot of people that are out there right now. And I think during this, this pandemic, you know, it's also helped just that where it's, it's let people, you know, kind of find their creativeness, you know, and be able to kind of tap into it even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a quick question. Um, yeah. But have you had any other interesting or weird hobbies that you've maybe picked up during this pandemic? Uh, porn. <laughs> no, <I play>. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, anything during the pandemic? Uh, no, nah, man, because I'm a dad. So I've got two yeah. kids. So like uh, I got a, a three-year-old and a five-year-old. So this whole, like nothing really changed in my house okay. outside of like me having to go get a normal job again. Nothing really changed in my house because my kids are in daycare and my wife is the, is the uh, director of that daycare. So the kids are gone with her to daycare every day. Like they know that, they know that, you know, there's a coronavirus. They know about COVID mm-hmm. mostly because that's my excuse for like not wanting to do shit. Like, <laughs> nah, baby, co- there, there's COVID outside. We can't go to the park today. Like, so <laughs> that's, my, that's my excuse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I told him, I told him Santa wasn't coming this year cause he got coronavirus. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, but nothing changed. Like as far as hobbies, it's just like watching them grow and like, you know, as they've grown and, and, uh, gain interest in different things is like, that's what I've done. I've just been hanging out with them. And to be honest, like that's, that's far better for me than any new hobby I could have picked up. I mean, yeah, I just, my, my days are full as it is and I don't really have time for a new hobby, but I, I play way too much video games and smoke too much weed to be out <laughs> here trying to do some new stuff. When I got children out here, like, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I just, I, that's what I did. The pandemic. I really fell in love with my family again. That's what I did. It's a beautiful thing, you know, nonetheless. And I think, again, others across, you know, the nation have, have felt the same or across the world as well. You know, when you talk about your, your podcast, you have the gray area that just launched, right? Um, so yeah. how, how did that kind of come together for you and, and Chad? Oh, man. Uh, long story short, um, I did an interview with Natalie Payton uh, back in like 2016 or so for the Black and Tan podcast. It was a one-on-one interview. Uh, she's from here in Austin, but she was living up in New York. She's a comedian up in New York and she was running shows and stuff. Uh, she was down here visiting family. Jacob hooked us up and uh, 
we, we had a great time on the interview. Like by the end of the interview, we felt like we knew each other for years. Right. Yeah. It was one of those type of deals. So, uh, last year she, she moved back to Austin because clearly New York's not the place to be when this shit's going down. Oh, for sure. And, uh, she was, and she let me know that her, her dad was, uh, interested in hearing my old podcast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because, uh, he was starting a new network. So I sent her what I had, you know, and they, and they were like, Oh, we'd love to bring you guys in. I was like, well, uh, funny thing is like, we don't, we don't do that podcast anymore. Uh, and it's just funny how, how, I don't know if you want to say fate or destiny coincidences occur, how the universe lines stuff up mm-hmm. the same time she approached me with that. Me and Chad were already talking about doing a podcast together. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we were, looking at like you know possibly starting to record and then uh like within the next week or two and then we got hit up with that offer and it was like i said well me and chad are thinking about doing something they're like awesome bring chad in and bring chad in and uh and let's sit down and talk so we went up there and uh we pitched them the idea of what we would do for a show and then they liked it and then chad and i went and got in the lab and we knocked out like damn near 30 episodes over the summer and and because we didn't know like we're like we don't like you know we don't know if we're releasing these or we didn't we didn't know anything so this started last april uh conversations with hot pie media yeah because they're a new company they're they're getting their stuff together they're trying to launch but it's hard for them because it's in the middle of the pandemic so getting uh staff and equipment moved from across the country and getting people to install stuff it like slowed them down like tremendously. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we met with them in April, they're like, yo, this summer we're going to be dropping mm-hmm. and we want to, you know, want to bring y'all in. And we're like, bet. But you know, then it's just like, that's just how it goes. It's just, uh, you can't, you can't just, you have to be patient. You have to be very patient with stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it took, it took about nine, 10 months. Uh, you know, we had contract negotiations, all that stuff. Uh, they got their studio set up and, and then it was just a matter of, you know, trying to find the time, you know, you don't want to launch during the Christmas holidays. You don't want to sure. launch during New Year's or Thanksgiving. So, uh, you know, they, they're really smart. They're great business people. They have a great mind for the business and they know, they know all the shit that me and Chad don't know, you know, mm-hmm. but we, but I mean, as soon as we sat down and met with them, just like I told you, when I met Natalie, it felt like we knew each other for years. When we went to that office, the first time Chad and I were sitting in the office, uh, you know, with the guys that are creating this company, it felt like we knew them already. The vibe was already there. So it, it, it I don't want to say there was magic in the airs because I'm not that much of a romantic, but <laughs> definitely in the vibe in the air, like there was some energy, there was some juice when we were in there with them. You could feel it. It was palpable. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, Chad, like I said, me and Chad went to work. We knocked out a ton of episodes. Uh, then they got their studio finished and we got in there and, uh, we started seeing the dream that they had and they started seeing our dream too. Uh, then Chad, you know, got on the ball and just started like hitting people up. Like, you know, we got this new podcast launching. You want to come on, you want to come on and you know, Chad swinging for the fence. That's, that's what one thing I'll give Chad, man, that dude, if you're going to dream big, you got to swing big. And, and, and Chad, he swings for the fences. He ain't going for no goddamn uh, singles, doubles or triples. Like Chad is trying to pull his whole goddamn back back. Every time he swings, he's, <laughs> Mark Henry out there swinging that log. So, uh, but I mean, so far it's been good. The, the, we launched on January 18th, uh, hotpiemedia.com. You can go check out uh, all the great shows they got there. 
they lo- we launched alongside like six other shows. So they're intending on having like a full roster of podcasts. Uh, but for their initial launch, they launched with seven shows, including the Gray Area podcast. Uh, and like, we're, we're very proud to, to be in the position that we're in right now. Like definitely like the stars and the universe were aligned and, and or there's an angel looking out for, for us or something. Because uh, it's just like, you know, all the way everything lined up so perfectly, that shit don't happen very often. And when it does, go buy a lotto ticket or start a podcast, one or the other. <laughs> no doubt. I know the chemistry between you and Chad is like, it's pretty amazing. You know, you, you go back and forth and be able to like, you know, feed off of one another and your comments and whatnot. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I think it was the first episode where uh, you were talking about some uh, squirrels in, in Queens. Yeah. And yeah, uh, one thing yeah, I will yeah. say about squirrels is, yeah, you need to watch out for squirrels. I had a squirrel problem at an apartment <laughs> complex that I, that I was living at. And inside that apartment complex, man, I was scared of squirrels. It literally made me fall. So, uh, yeah, wait, it, no, it wait. scared me. You, you pulled a Karen? You pulled yeah. a Karen and you fell down? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> you got shook by a squirrel? I did. I did. Uh, you know. Man, you ain't from the country, then. You ain't from the country. No, I'm not, I'll man. Fuck I'm a squirrel from the up. city. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw a rock at a squirrel so goddamn fast. <laughs> <laughs> but man, that's crazy. But yeah, again, man, I wish you, you know, much success with your with your podcast and uh and again everything that you got going right now. Uh do you happen to have any shows that are lined up? I'm I'm doing Slim's last call uh up in Round Rock on the 29th. It's like okay. this week, uh, you know, if if uh yeah, like cause See, it's the wrong week. Cause if it was like, do I have anything going on this weekend? I'd be like, yo, dog, let me tell you, I got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. What are yeah. we talking about? Um, but you know how the comedy game goes. Like, you like I don't have anything on the schedule right now, but mm-hmm. I bet you by Wednesday, I'll have two people say, Hey, can you come do a, a spot? And it's like, yeah. So you'll go I go into a month and I might have like three or four shows booked going into a month. And then I'll come out of the month and it's like, oh, I have did like 15, 16, 17 shows, you know? Damn. So that's awesome. It's uh so it's now that was that was pre COVID that was pre COVID now all right now yeah. in COVID it ain't that yeah 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 life ain't that good now but I tell you what like performing right now I I enjoy performing uh right now because like yeah there's there's a lot of people there's two sides of the fence there's people saying you shouldn't because it's too dangerous it's too risky stay home it's yeah. not that important and then there's people that are actually out doing stuff. And whichever way you fall on that uh, on that fence, like fine. If that's the way you feel, then you're entitled to feel that way. Nobody can tell you any differently. Go for it. Do you? For but sure. I'm one of the people that I'm getting out. And what I've noticed is like the energy is so much more positive uh, at these shows. I mean, it used to be like you do you go do a show and people would be like, "Oh, it's comedy night. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't know it's comedy night tonight." Uh, Literally everywhere I go, people are excited to just be around each other and to experience and to and to have this this uh, interaction and transaction between you know uh, them, the audience and the artist on every level right now. Like people uh, are thirsty for it. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean like like this is like people are just gracious for what they have right now. And as a performer, you can feel that. You can feel that energy. You know, when you're up there and you may not hit the joke or tell the joke as cleanly as you wanted to do, or you might have flubbed something, but they don't even give a fuck Uh because it's like, no, we're with you. We're with you. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, keep going. I'm digging this. 
you know, like where where people would be real quick to be like, hey, and get them off the stage, get the Sandman out there, get that motherfucker off the stage. Like they're not now. They're like, no, let's hear it. Like, come on, let's work through it. Let, yeah, yeah, let's hear this. Yeah. Like, and I've noticed that. And it's like not only from the audience, but other other artists, other performers are being far more supportive right now because we're all going through this shit together. Whether you're staying at home or you're out here, you know, doing your thing in the streets. These people that are out here going to bars and stuff, like, they want entertainment too, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're out because they're looking to escape. And it just so happens that we're in the business of providing escapism. Yeah, so, that's right. So who are we to say no? Mm-hmm. No, I can't do that because... If if people uh what if they want it and you can prov- uh, provide it for them in a safe way, then why not? Why not? Uh, and every everywhere I've been, it's people of you see people going the extra mile to try to make sure everybody feels safe. Uh, and and when you see I don't know rednecks come around doing unsafe shit, we usually <laughs> just move to the other side of the road. Like <laughs> yeah, true. Comes Bubba. Let's just move to another table because he's gonna need all that air. He needs all that air right there. <laughs> man, that's crazy, man. Have you done anything uh, virtually, like any uh, virtual comedy? I did a comedy wham show at the very beginning of the pandemic, uh, like one of the first ones they had did, um, and and I think I did one other one because it's not really the virtual thing's not really my my style. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 a dude that like when I'm on stage, I I feed off the energy. For sure, I feed off of the audience's energy, and even if I can hear them laughing on the Zoom show, like that makes me feel less alone. But at the same time, like uh, it's it's a I it's an interaction. Like for me, it's a very organic interaction that happens on stage. Yes, we have a set. Yes, we're going through our bits, but I don't perform the bits the same way for every crowd. Yeah, you know. They tell me how they want me to give it to them, and I'm a and I'm a passionate lover, so I'm a listen, yeah. and I'm gonna give it to them the way they want it. <laughs> so, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like uh, that. So the Zoom things just never appealed to me because it just didn't mesh well with my style. And I mean, I'm a lot. I do a lot of you know storytelling and stuff like that. So for just my style in general, like it just didn't mesh up. I I, I need the energy. Even at a drive-in show where, you know, people are in their cars, I can't hear them laughing, but I can see them and I can see uh, real time the interaction, you know, and in some cases I can't hear them uh, or they're in they're honking and flashing lights, which is just weird. But um, but I can I still get a little bit of that energy transfer and I, and I know how to approach them. I can look them in the eyes and I can see uh, how they're reacting to this and I can make adjustments on the fly or on a zoom show, you can't make an adjustment on the fly. You know, yeah, you got to just, true. you just got to wing it. Uh, you know, if you, if you've got, uh, if you got enough tricks in your bag, like, and I don't, I don't have a lot of tricks in my bag, but if I know, you know, this isn't working, I got two other, I got two other strokes for you. <laughs> and if these two strokes, these two strokes don't work, then, you know, I'm out, but at least I have the opportunity to say, okay, this isn't working for this part of the crowd. I can find a way to bring them. I can get them, on something else but you need i for me i need to be able to see them and hear them and feel them in order for me to know which way to go with my set for sure yeah i've been on some some virtual comedy shows and it seems like it's a little frustrating for some because you don't have that energy like you said where 
you know, you get that, that feedback immediately if you happen to hit on a joke and, you know, you'd be able to get that reaction. And there's some people that are actually really good at it and like more power to them. Like if, if, if it fits you and, and you're and you're slaying at it, then fucking do it. Like, absolutely. I'm not going to knock anybody for doing a Zoom show at all uh, because that's a different skill set than what I have. Like I can do podcast. I've done podcasts by myself and I've sat and I've talked in a microphone in a room by myself for an hour. Mm-hmm. But I don't I'm not looking for somebody's feedback. I'm telling a story or I'm going over specific things. Uh, so for me, I need the feedback when I'm doing comedy. But if you don't need it, if like some people, we're not all built the same. And some people are thriving in this Zoom world and thriving in these online shows. And I more power to them because I can't. I can't. I'm going to. I'm not. I, I ain't but like maybe a one peg above the ground. And if I start doing Zoom shows, I'm going to be knocked all the way fuck back down to the ground again real fast. So I need every <laughs> little bit of pride I can have. I need all the little bit of ego. I got to keep that shit in check. We're going to play a game. The game that I do on my podcast is actually called uh, Your Worst Nightmare. So the way that it works is there's three uh, cards that I have here and the three cards, they actually have, you know, different people's uh, fears. So you're going to react to the one that you would think that you would fear the most. Okay. So, okay. The first one that I have here is lightning. The second one is porta potties. Why do I feel like this is some type of, uh, this is some hood uh, horoscope shit. Like you're doing some hood tallow cards on the tarot cards right now. <laughs> it's a party party. Your life is going to shit. <laughs> That's the one I'm afraid of. <laughs> and then we have, uh, I mean, you got real lucky. Lice. Oh, well, yeah. okay. Lice right there. All right. Yeah. Those are the three choices. The yes. porta potty. Easy. Porta potty. Okay, why is that? Porta potty. I'm not. Well, look, black people don't get lice, so I'm not scared of that shit. Like that's a documented. Follow the science. We don't get lice. Okay, that's okay. for that's for white boys in the sticks in Alabama. We don't get this <laughs> shit. Our hair, nature, science. Like, look it up. It's a thing. Uh, lightning. Uh, unless you're that guy from uh, Benjamin Button, like you shouldn't like. I'm not afraid of lightning. Like, uh, not. Nah, I don't know. The thunder is what scares you, because yeah, you know true. if you didn't see the lightning, that clap, bam, it's like oh what, you know, shake your house and shit, make the dog start barking. <laughs> Actually, that doesn't even annoy me. That just pisses me off. But uh, but the porta potty, bro, we all had a, a scary porta potty situation. Oh Because yeah. porta, first of all, porta potties are mostly in the most sketchy location in the joint. It's like they don't have the porta potty in the well lit area. Like you gotta walk around the side of the building. And there's some trees and no fucking light. And there's like a porta potties. I don't know who's back there. Like, <laughs> just get into the porta potty. Like, it's fearful. Then you don't want to touch nothing in the porta potty. I'm not trying to get like fucking uh, 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 leprosy from touching <laughs> this toilet seat. Have my fucking finger fall off. It's just nasty. You don't know what is. And then, uh, then the smell. It stays that that chemical doo doo smell. That, it that stays in your nose. <laughs> that <blue. laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think heaven forbid you're in there and and a good strong gust of wind comes by and you feel that some bit shake a little bit. It's like oh nah, I'm, I'm, you pinch off all your doo doo. Get the fuck. There's <laughs> <laughs> there's too many variables with a porta potty. So if I had to choose between those three, the only one that makes sense to be scared of. Is the goddamn porta potty? You ever been locked in a porta potty? No, not not Most locked. Fearful thing. <laughs> you ever had? You never had no homeboys try to fuck with you and hold the door shut or tie something around the motherfucker so you can't get out? No. Oh, I... that happened to me once. 
Nigga, I ain't never prayed so much in my life. Jesus, just let me get out of here. Without any of this blue shit on my white Air Force Ones. Jesus, please. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's why I never tell anybody whenever I go to like a festival or something like that, I never let them know that I'm going to go to the restroom so that they don't fuck with me at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, man, because that's how dudes are. Guys are assholes. You know, it's like... <laughs> People think it's just when you're drunk and hanging out at the house or they'll draw something on your face. No, anytime you go out with your boys, there's always a possibility that they might pull some punk shit that you that damn near have you want to fucking not be cool with them no more. <laughs> but then you but then you fuck their sister and you feel better about the situation. So it's all good. <laughs> well, uh, I definitely appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much uh, for joining my podcast. And uh, also, um, What's, what's your IG so that, you know, others can also follow you as well? Yeah, check it out. So you can find me uh, on Instagram at the Aaron Cheatham. Uh, don't forget, go look up the Gray Area podcast. First two episodes are out right now uh, on Instagram. It's the Gray Area on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, like the Facebook page. Go to YouTube. Uh, look up Hot Pie Media on YouTube. You'll find the Gray Area there under the Hot Pie page. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe follow do all that don't be stingy either don't be stingy with the gray area and don't be stingy with my boy the fucking king over here tell your friend tell your mama tell people to check it out build the fucking community if you like it guess what i bet you one of your people's likes it too so tell them to check out the gray area tell them to check out my boy rick over here and let's spread the word and let's make austin stronger than we ever were before how about that no doubt man appreciate that message right there and again thank you for your time you have yourself a good one hey salute brother all right, no doubt.